welcome to episode 38 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. And today we're going to be talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. Now, this film was directed by Brian Singer, who had all of that controversy around him. And I'm not <laughs> who even fucked up a couple of X-Men films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I'm not going to bother touching on the... In the Superman movie. <laughs> um, so the budget was $200 million. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. And the box office, again, if you listen to Godzilla, you might notice that as of May 26th again, so you might be able to realize that we could be recording these fairly close together. $301,576,604 worldwide. And yes, that is opening weekend. So. Jesus. This yeah. is going to make a lot of money for yeah. the studio. So, how would you even begin to give a synopsis for this? Well, film? first of all, the most confusing title I can ever remember. <laughs> well, taken Future dire- Past. Taken directly from the comics. So, Okay, I'm not, not a reader of the comics, yeah. so anyone out there that is, just curse my name. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily a reader of the comics, but I do know a fair amount of that stuff. So. And we, I am well established on my feelings of time travel. <laughs> Correct? Yes, yes, we are. A la Looper. (laughs) So, without me using IMDb or anything, this film is basically a future which I am very dubious to say is directly from the third X-Men film. Yeah, it would... Yeah, I I need to... Sorry to interrupt. I, I, I... Need to like look online how to when I buy all of these films and have them all. I want to arrange them chronologically, hmm. <laughs> not in the time they were released, but in sequential order of well, events. I I could actually give you that if you yeah. really wanted it. Yeah, but so this would most logically, like you said, follow the Last Stand, right? Yeah. Some some years later, though, many years, I would think. Yeah, I mean, later. it's one of those ones where this is supposed to be in the eighties, correct? Yes. Wait, what mm-hmm. is? This one, I'm fairly certain. It was in the 60s. 60s. Vietnam. When was Vietnam? Well, they no, they, they sent him back to 73, 1973. 73, yeah. I'm, I'm not good on dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this Mainly because uh, the... How are you on raisins? Are this better? <laughs> Ra- raisins are... <laughs> better than dates? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can right. take them or leave them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one thing that I didn't fully understand is I'm fairly certain that the... Striker guy. Yes. I could have sworn that Wolverine Origins took place at a date before this film. I must be wrong because they <laughs> had the younger Striker in it. Yeah. But I was kind of shocked that he didn't have the metal claws again. Yeah, just the bone. Yeah, yeah. just the, the bones. However, he does have the metal claws in the future. Would anyone sitting next to me like to remind people what happened at the end of the Wolverine film when uh, he no he longer lost. has any yeah. metal claws yeah <laughs> yes but where does that fall in the timeline that, of things that is something that happens before the beginning as it were of this film so okay. that happened before the future that we're seeing okay so, so technically it's the last stand and then the Wolverine yeah it's last stand the Wolverine, Wolverine and then X-Men film. Days of Future Past yeah Yes. Hmm. <laughs> that is quite a conundrum. <laughs> yes, it is. The only thing I can think of is because Magneto is on their side, he has somehow done something to allow the metal to go back on the claws. 
maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like he please answers answers audience, please. But anyway, that, that's why I say I'm slightly dubious about mm-hmm. where this falls. But anyway, so yes, in the future, the Sentinels that are able to find, absorb the powers of, yeah, adapt and kill to any power, mutants yeah. are destroying and enslaving mutants. Again, the weirdest thing I find about this is... Is there really much enslaving? It seems mostly destroying. Well, that's the thing. There, there, are, there are camps for these mutants. Yeah. How the hell do they get there when the Sentinels appear to exist to kill mutants? Yes, there there is no handcuffs that the Sentinels yeah. carry. It is just arm through the chest, arm through the chest, just yeah. spiky arm through the chest, you're dead. Yeah, turn your head off. laser beam. Yeah, open up my face and shoot a laser yeah. beam at you. I may, Maybe they're programmed so that if the mutant surrenders, they stop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I guess briefly we should go into the premises that they need to. So so anyway, there's no way to defeat this enemy. Yeah, that that is said in like the opening of the film. You cannot defeat this enemy. This thing cannot be killed anymore. So logically, the only way is to avoid this ever happening. Yes, yes, you stop <laughs> the thing that happened to make this happen yeah. so that it doesn't happen. Which was Raven, a la Mystique, killing Trask. Yes, who, who is the, the inventor. inventor of the and Sentinel be- program. Or and the because founder. that happened, they definitely went ahead with it. Because yeah. they captured her. It shows, oh, how look how dangerous mutants are. And yeah, yeah we got to protect ourselves. Because they captured and interrogated her, and tortured her, and then took her DNA, that was what caused these Sentinels to be able yes. to take on the abilities of others. So, I, Ellen... I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. because her thing is able... She can change her appearance mm-hmm. and her voice. She can't take on the abilities of others. Rogue yeah. can do Rogue that. Rogue can do that, yeah. But she can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not sure how her DNA would Yeah, you think them. Rogues would be more valuable than... Mystiques. Yeah, but. I mean, maybe if they were, if they had a line in there of how because that had happened when they mm-hmm. found a mutant that could do that, as in Rogue, yeah, they then took her ability and used that in a Sentinel. Or even if you really wanted to link it, the serum that took away the powers also absorbed a little bit of said powers, and they then took that into the project. And once again, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, not again. It's best not to think about yes. it. Yes. Just yes. yes. enjoy yourself. Uh, so, yes. Anyway, uh, Kitty Pride, yes. uh, Ellen Page, whatever, um, has the ability to, to send people's consciousness, not yes. themselves. To phase them back yes, into time. Yes, back into time. And she usually does this hour, minutes or hours or yeah, even it, a couple days at a time. I believe they or, say four days. Was the most she had ever done, yeah. something like that, yeah. And he has to go back decades, like yeah. 40 years, 50 years, whatever. Because what they originally wanted was to take Xavier back in time, but she says that it would rip someone's brain apart, which mm-hmm. leads to Wolverine saying Who that he can heal as fast as he is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, the interesting thing about that is originally the idea is that Kitty goes back in time. Now, there would be two things wrong with this in the new version. Actually, there, there would just be the one main thing wrong with this. Given that she is, what, 16 at the at the end of the third film? Something like that? Yeah. So she wouldn't have 
even been born her parents probably would have only just gotten out of school I think at do you that see time. my issue with time travel films <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, trying to maintain a canon yeah. across the series so obviously they went with someone that A would be alive back then and B yeah. would be the same age back then yeah so and like she said, you're still going to look the same. Yes. <laughs> Good news is, you're still going to be, yeah. you're still going to look the same. Yes. The one plus. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so, yes. So plot of the film is stop the future from happening in the past. Yes. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So the present is her sending Wolverine's consciousness back, which I'm still not quite sure how that manifests itself in the past where they can see a full apparition of a body. The, the idea is the consciousness is dropped into that that past version of themselves so mm-hmm. it's it is the past version of themselves but the future self is controlling it as it were okay okay, okay gotcha. so all it's... future knowledge blah 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 so it's like that horrible bruce willis movie surrogates but you're <laughs> controlling your <laughs> if anyone saw that i'm sorry you had to pay money to see that but <laughs> but yeah instead of yeah you're controlling yourself but in another time Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for a fact that there is a film that does that, and I've forgotten what it is. So when I remember what that <laughs> other film is that did it, I will let Footnotes. you know. Footnotes, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was a good way of solving the problem of the fact that, well, we can't send Kitty mm-hmm. Bride back. And then also, well, the person's mm-hmm. got to look the same. Obviously, it's going to be Wolverine. I'm sure that the main reason that they did that, though was the scene where he lands back in his body back in 73 oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i'm sure that's the entire reason that wolverine was chosen for that for mm. those of you that haven't seen it and are listening to this not sure why but anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> yes upon if we're arriving, more entertaining than wikipedia we thank yes, you <laughs> yes. upon arriving back in 1973 he gets out of bed Totally naked. A waterbed, which yep. got a great laugh in my theater, which I'm like, okay, it's a waterbed, I get it. All right. Yeah. Oh, oh look how retro this is. It's yes. a waterbed. Oh, it's a lava lamp in a waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> which, to me... And there's invokes... Roberta Flack plane or whatever. Uh, yeah. To me, that invokes the 60s, not the 70s. It, it's I a mean... little mishmash. I mean, sure, there's a little cultural lag, but... Uh... Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. so yeah so I don't live through either of them, so. <laughs> so. So he stands up and walks over to the window totally naked. So. Yes. Wolverine butt right yeah. in your face. Now, I didn't seem to get any reaction to that in my theater. Then again, there were only 12 people in it. So what about you? I was in a pretty packed theater, unfortunately. Because <laughs> we know how I feel about packed theaters. Yes. <laughs> and I had people on left and the right and I had one armrest and I was upset <laughs> but, but there were a couple of Hoo's from the from the ladies to my right yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure where we should start with this I'm not even going to really bother doing a cast list because, cast list because everyone knows who's in it now yes, like, if you, hopefully this isn't your first X-Men film if it is what is your problem? <laughs> well, well, Why are you is, starting here? I would say if it is, good luck to you. I mean, good luck. You must have been really lost because I was slightly lost. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is happening? But uh, yeah, so you do have the established characters, and then there are other actors playing those characters. Yeah. Uh, sometimes for the first time, sometimes reprising those roles from first class. Yeah. Um, first class. 
Uh, Eric and Charles were played. Do you remember James McAvoy and yeah. Michael Fassbender? Yes, both. Yes, so those are the those are the same characters. Yeah. I, I will actually say I don't yeah. think there's a recast. Is there an, any recast as a new character? No, I mean there, there are new uh, characters, but there's no recasting. Was, remind me, Beast was Beast was uh, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, in first class. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah, and they that. even got the guy who and. Uh, apologies for not remembering straight off the top of my head. The guy who technically should be Scott's father, mm-hmm. if we're going that route, but he's too young to have mm-hmm. fallen into that. Anyway, the guy who has the energy rings around him, he had trouble controlling it in first yeah. class, and he seemed to be better than it. Same guy, again. Yeah. <laughs> Same actor. They were really good with getting these people back. I, I did briefly want to say second mention of Nicholas Holt on this podcast. Do you remember what we first mentioned him in? Without looking at... Oh, have you done your research, sir? Well, no. I, I know he was in Warm Bodies. Okay. <laughs> well done. I well know done. he was in that. <laughs> All right. Yes. He was the lead in Warm Bodies. Yes. yes. That was the first time uh, I became aware of his name. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's doing well in what I've seen him in so far. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then you've got the Giants. You, you've got Storm, who's kind of just there, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, the, the biggest problem... Why I was Holly Berry in this movie? She had nothing to do in this film, but, other than be killed, and then, spoiler, not be killed. <laughs> there are two things I will say about her character. Number one, she was supposed to be in it more and have more to do with it. Mm-hmm. However, Halle Berry was pregnant, and therefore had to not no. do as much. She had a storm within. Yes, right. indeed. <laughs> Number two... Her character in the comics is far superior to her characters in the film. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't go that far into it without giving lots of screen time to it. And so she does just kind of seem like, yeah. uh, oh, here's Tom. She was seen, <laughs> yeah, she was scene decoration or, you know, set dressing, yeah. whatever. I mean, she is one of the most powerful mutants in the comics. It's just that they yeah. can't really go with that in the yeah. films. And, so, uh, and, you know, I would have loved to see more of Rogue in the flashbacks. Or, yeah, uh, again, she her scenes were deleted. She yeah. was in it more. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoyed, and this is... Because she, like... When this the, is jumping to the end. No, now. if you, do you see the end credits? She gets, like, fourth or fifth billing, and she's yeah. not even in the fucking movie. <laughs> she's, like, in there for eight seconds. And no. how the hell did she get above, like, Ellen Page and, yeah. like, Jennifer Lawrence or whoever? I don't know, like... Yeah, yeah. No, no, she's that, got a great agent. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, she she was in much more. It got cut. Apparently, from what I've heard, these elitist scenes are going to get their effects finished. Yeah. So you'll when you'll see them on the DVD, mm-hmm. there will be full scenes. Yeah. Which should be good because I am going to assume that everything we have seen up until now, based on the ending of this, which spoilers, which shouldn't really be a spoiler because. Hey, it's what they set out to do. Chances yeah. are it's going to happen. They managed to stop that future from happening, and at the end, everyone's alive. Um, so, Rogue has her powers, it seems, at the mm-hmm. end of the film. Yeah. And you see her together with Bobby, which, obviously, if you've been following the film, her and Bobby broke up because she got rid of her powers. And yep. <laughs> he didn't want her to do that, and then Bobby and Kitty got together, as it were. So... Yeah. <laughs> Thus ends the Twilight portion of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of those things that the relationships 
within them are one of the things that really do drive the film. The only issue yeah. is talking about the relationship within them doesn't really drive anything else. No. So when drives I, it into the ground. That's what it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, where do you want to go now? Like, what what would you want to talk about? Now, I've got a few things that I. I want to talk about Peter Dinklage. You want to talk about Peter Dinklage? Okay. I want to talk about him because I had heard he was going to be in this film. Okay. Months and months and months and months ago. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought, oh, it's. If, if for your Game of Thrones fans, obviously Tyrion Lannister, mm-hmm. um, who you know he's just been crushing it on that show, and uh, so I hear, yeah. <laughs> but um, so I was excited for that, and I thought, oh, that's going to be a couple scenes or something. He, I mean, he's, I would say, the backbone of the film. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, he is, is what he the film is centered villain. around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, without him, there is no plot. Yeah. I mean, he's not seen t- so much at the film. I mean, he is the guy mm-hmm. that's creating all this stuff. But as you listen to him talking in some of those scenes, he's not doing it to wipe out the mutants or anything. Mm-hmm. He's doing it because he fears the he, mutants. He respects, he respects them, them so much that he realizes in order for our species to survive, they yeah. cannot. Wait, yeah. Oh, that it's kind of a mixture of that plus it's a defense. Yeah. Like, it is built as a defense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, where it goes from there is on the offense. Yeah, in which so. I, I tend, I don't want to get too political, but it is mirroring the uh, kind of last big war where it's a preemptive strike, yeah. where we're so afraid of our enemy that we're going to snuff them out before we're <laughs> even really threatened too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there was, a, I think that's a legitimate parallel, but but I think he was just absolutely awesome. I mean, you gotta, he, I just think he's an awesome actor. Who cares? I mean, fuck you if you care if he's short, <laughs> because that doesn't matter. Uh, he's just awesome. <laughs> like, the station agent was when I first knew about him. And he's just amazing in that. And he's just powerful force. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I loved the 70s hair on him and the mustache <laughs> and just him at the congressional hearings. Yeah, it was, mm. it was kind of, uh, not, not that I know too much about it, but it kind of put me in mind of Tom Selleck. Mm. <laughs> yeah, big bushy mustache. And, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I, I just thought he was... Uh, a really welcome surprise in the film. That's yeah, why I wanted to talk about him. Well, yeah, it was it was good. Like, it, it was really interesting to see where they went with it because yeah. all I knew of it was that this guy created the Sentinels. I knew yeah. about that from when they b- before they showed the fact like Trask Industries, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. in that end bit of the yeah. Wolverine. Like the second they said Trask, I was like, ah, Sentinels are going to mm-hmm. be next because. I knew he was a creator. Well, yeah. And then they really did humanize the creation of it, which I thought was a fantastic idea. Well, I mean, th- this character could very easily been one-dimensional. You see in other movies, like, this is a character we don't need to delve into him or yeah. anything. It's just this guy that created this thing, and it could be played by anybody. And now, <laughs> having seen this, I'm like, <laughs> Trask of Peter Dinklage. <laughs> It's always nice when you're surprised by that. When they yeah. give a character something that is like, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, this character... Because essentially he's just there to facilitate the story, keep it moving forward. And yeah, he has some things to do. 
but you're really there. I mean, we're there to see mutant shit go on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for his scenes to actually hold my attention, I was really happy with. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, talking about mutant shit going on. um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) How how about we tap into Quicksilver? Quicksilver, yes. Now, I wanted to bring him up for, I think, a different reason than you wanted to bring him up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two things. Number one, Quicksilver is Magneto's son. He is. The character Quicksilver is the character Magneto's son. Okay. They have no, no, no. I didn't think it was the actor. I'm not that dumb. Thank no, you. But, I know. But, but obviously... First of all, Magneto, I don't think, yeah, is into having kids. No, no. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. Not adopted, maybe. No, that, that's the thing. In, in these films, they have completely ignored some of these things. For yeah, instance, that's not brought up at all. For instance, Quicksilver in this film is almost certainly not Magneto's son. Mm. Especially since he's been stuck in the Pentagon for so long and he would have been... So are you saying in this canon he is not a son? I, I think in this canon they are completely ignoring okay. that entire... Because there's no dad, so they don't. They, they didn't yeah. rule it out. I mean, there is just the mom. Like, is she just heard? Did they show the mom? I don't remember. They did. Okay. And she Briefly. sends him yeah. downstairs yeah. and doesn't appear to acknowledge Magneto yeah. whatsoever. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up is, do you remember the... Mid credits in Captain America, you saw in a cage, as it were, a woman who was controlling some bricks with psionic powers and mm-hmm. a guy standing up moving quickly. Mm-hmm. That's Quicksilver as well. That's Quicksilver. That's Quicksilver. That's not played by the same guy as this. It's just mm-hmm. that is Quicksilver. So in the Marvel universes, which Mm-hmm. Obviously, X Men and Avengers are together. They're in the same universe, but they've got two different Quicksilvers now. Okay. So I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Well, I don't. I don't. I think that might have just been a scheduling or something issue where we're not supposed to look into like it's a different Quicksilver. Well, it's, yeah. it's supposed to have been Evan Peters who plays Quicksilver in this. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I but, mean, they've got Aaron Taylor Johnson playing that Quicksilver in the. Zachary uh, Taylor Thomas that? is playing that Quicksilver. <laughs> He is Zachary Taylor Thomas from this point on, okay? <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, listen to Godzilla, it'll make sense. <laughs> okay. But, but yes, yeah, that, that was him. That's him? That, that was, was him in the Captain America thing? It was, yes. Wow. All I, right. I was going to bring that up in the last one, but I figured, now I'll save it for this because I want to okay. bring Quicksilver. Okay, all right. Blow my mind again, Paul. So yeah, Quicksilver in this, I thought, was well done. Like, the, the cat... Yes. The character of Quicksilver in the comics, the main reason that he is so just kind of brazen and the way he is is because it's stated that for him, the world is moving too slow and he has to wait every second for it to catch up to where he is. Mm -hmm. I believe I remember correctly in reading that the character has stated, you know when you're at an ATM and the person in front of you has absolutely no idea how to use an ATM and so is having all these problems with it. Imagine having to deal with that every second of every day. Everybody you meet is that person mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're stuck at all these ATMs. That's what this Quicksilver is supposed to be and I think they did it really well. Like This guy is just so far ahead of everyone else that so he mm-hmm. kind of goes along just because it's new. 
It's like, yeah. yeah, the thing that gets him is you get to break into the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah. That is just a new experience for him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just, the, you know, the scene that illustrated it so well. And I mean, yeah, he's there mo- partly for comic relief, which I think yeah. worked very well. I, I enjoyed his yeah. comic relief. But, uh, you know, the scene in the kitchen where he just goes around rearranging all the bullets, <laughs> yeah. messing with their hats, you know, yeah. making it, the guy punch himself. Yeah. And uh, you get to see just how like he is it seems constantly moving at this speed because he just yeah. kind of pops his earphones on and away mm-hmm. he goes <laughs> yeah and it would be like a full minute for us to do all that it took him a fraction of a second you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm glad that they finally showed some of these things like you know, you've seen before Xavier freezing everyone in the room with his powers so it seems that this time is stood still but this is where you really got to see someone moving that quickly done mm. really well for an extended period of time yes. right. not moving quickly like man of steel style yeah <laughs> where not it's blur. just a blur <laughs> blur 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 yeah. yeah i mean if this was man of steel everything would have happened they just would have cut out him doing everything <laughs> cut all the interesting stuff out yeah. yes <laughs> it would have just been fire oh look they're on the floor uh, oh dear <laughs> oh I, I guess I'll just have to piece together what happened there <laughs> yeah so I enjoyed that I was sitting two rows in front of someone who thoroughly enjoyed the Quicksilver comic relief oh man my chair was getting rocked by the people laughing around <laughs> uh, it's amusing uh, you know it's yeah. it's you know, not I mean, hilarious. The, the thing that made the person behind me laugh the most in the entire film was just Quicksilver repeating the word whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not that funny. No. It's slightly amusing, <laughs> yes. It, we should probably mm. move on before this turns into more <laughs> cinema audience rants. <laughs> yeah. Well, Agreed. I, again, so, hearkening back to the Godzilla review we did what is it with doors at the end Hmm. magneto gets the secret room from out of the white house Mm -hmm. he uses his power to open the door and throw it away yeah he then rips the entire front of the thing off and throws it away yeah why not just rip the whole thing off with the door like it was open the door they're inside rip it off now i get you like what Dramatic effect. He's got a, you know, he's he's wearing a helmet. He has a penchant for drama. <laughs> you know? True, like Batman, true. you know? Theatricality has its role. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so that is all I needed there. Yeah. It was just one of those things of, I was just sitting there, like, a week after I've seen Godzilla, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, and he's just going... And to the door, and you can see from the inside the door's yeah. moving, and the door goes away. I'm just going to take the wall away. <laughs> Not enough of a hole for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was coming from Godzilla of why did they go through the door with nothing around it to why didn't he get rid of the door with everything else? But I, I, I think unless, you might be reading a little too much. Unless yeah. he needed to get rid of the door to get those magnetic waves around the side to pull that side off. If they're willing know. to just go with that, I will. Sure, I will let's go with that. that. Let's, that's the answer. All right. All right. So I want to know, how do you feel they did with integrating the two timelines in this film? Uh, I 
I was expecting a lot more back and forth than there was. Right. Uh, I know we we spent most of the time in the seventy three timeline, which yeah. I understand. But you know, I was always waiting for that other shoe to drop, which <laughs> they they tell you about in the beginning of the film. Like they will find us. Yeah. You know the Sentinels. They will find us yeah, eventually. There, there is no running this time. Yeah. Yeah. And so like this has to work, yeah. <laughs> or we're all dead. You know. <laughs> So I'm always waiting for that other shoe to drop. That's always in the back of my mind and probably always in the back of your yours. Yeah, That's just how I, I watch films. I can't forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always waiting for that. But I did enjoy that timeline. I really, really, really enjoyed <laughs> James McAvoy as Xavier. I, yeah. thought, uh, I mean, He's good. first class was <laughs> awesome. This, I think, brought another emotionality to it. There were scenes that were very emotional and heartbreaking and tender, and he played them so well. Yeah. Just like, I can't go back there. I can't use my powers again. You know, like, I'm pretty much, you're like, yeah, you know, he's using this serum now, but there's very clearly a, a correlation to drug use. You know, just like, I, yeah. I just need to do these drugs and forget about who I am. I, you know, I, it's too much for me to handle. Uh, yeah, and it's... It's one of those things of, obviously, they allude back to everything that happened in the first film, and then they just say, like, him opening the school and then everyone being drafted broke. Like, yeah. okay, I, I get that, but it was just kind of a throwaway line to me mm-hmm. of, like, well, they could have left it as the events of then, the fact that he lost his legs and the fact that he lost his sister. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not biological sister, but still, yeah. Yeah, he lost his sister, the person he's been caring for, as well as other people dying. Like, why couldn't that be good enough? Other than you having to throw in, yeah, we opened the school and then everyone got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> not necessary, really. It, I I think it would have been more poignant that what happened there has led to, and this has been going on for a while, so that it would be even bigger for him to go back to the way it was. But. I, I am just slightly nitpicking, <laughs> but I did thoroughly enjoy it. That's just one of those little lines that got to me of like, okay, if you were looking to build a character mm-hmm. arc, you didn't need the additional loss. The original yeah. loss would have been good enough. But yeah, I just thought he was perfect, perfect as Charles Xavier. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. that guy, I've really enjoyed him since watching The Last King of Scotland. Yeah, that was the first thing I saw him in, and he's been doing really well since then and it's another one of those things of you know you wouldn't necessarily know that Hugh Jackman is Australian from watching this you wouldn't know he was Scottish from watching him playing Xavier there's no hint of that accent there Mm -hmm. at all and I've noticed that an English accent is one of the most difficult to do for people mainly because Half the people that try and do an English accent don't know how to do an English accent. And then even if you know how to do an English accent, to do it well and to be... What's the word I'm looking for where you keep doing it the same? I can't... Repetitive? I don't know. I've lost it. I've lost it. I don't know. I just must say, yours is very convincing, sir. Yes. (laughs) I've been doing well these (laughs) these past 38 episodes. (laughs) I'm quite fooled with uh, your yes. accent. <laughs> yes, maybe one day you'll find out where I'm actually from. Oh, I, I'm an American, John <laughs> uh, Yes, I am, Pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I say Pilgrims? 
<laughs> because that's what you would think Americans say, you know. I, I'd like to think I've been Pilgrims, here long enough. Howdy, right? Pilgrims. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I'd go the John Wayne movies. <laughs> yes, because that is your idea of Americans, isn't right. it? That, that, that is my idea of America, is America. John Wayne. Yes. Right. So, Anyone knows who that is, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. where to go? Fastbender. we yeah. got to talk Fastbender. Oh, yeah, I think we do, yes. He is, he is sort of becoming a powerhouse. I mean, it he is. He is just going to start getting roles left and right, and... <laughs> I think he's just going to be. I don't want to say like Tom Cruise because that's more actiony. I don't know. I mean, I think he's going to be like the Johnny Depp of Johnny Depp was like was of the nineties, the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Fassbender, just a chameleon. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I I also see him sort of. I mean, so, when you think about this guy, it was the same guy in Twelve Years a Slave. I, I don't think you've seen that yet. I still have not seen it. But I wish I when had. you think of that, it's the same guy and. and Everything else he's done is just, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis, watch your ass is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's the thing. Fantastic actor. I'm sure yeah. people will say, you know, a rather yeah. good-looking fellow. The ladies <laughs> seem to like him, yeah. I, I even posted on our Twitter account a while ago, uh, a billion-dollar movie idea number one, a Full Monty remake, which, if you don't know what the Full Monty is, it's a bunch of people in... England during the time where a lot of the factories were being shut mm-hmm. down they try to make money for themselves by putting together a strip show which they perform mm-hmm. at the end of the movie starring Hugh Jackman Michael Fassbender Tom Hiddleston Benedict Cumberbatch and James McAvoy <laughs> <laughs> that yeah I, I, I think that would draw a billion from women alone alone <laughs> yes yes mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's one of those things of I think, Not to mention the blokes that like other blokes. Yeah. <laughs> and then anyone that would just like to see a full Monty redone. And because I think all of the people I just named are people that are going to become the sort of the heavy hitters of Hollywood and television, I'll say. Because I don't know where Benedict Cumberbatch is going from here. Because he's got a solid television thing with. Sherlock going, yeah. Plus, he's been in a whole bunch of films, a lot of indie films actually. But he's been in a lot of films, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I think that films like this seem to showcase you've got the the talent from past, as in Patrick Stewart. You've got Ian McKellen, and you know, you've got to see some of the older people there. And then you're seeing all of these new people that I think most of the people with speaking roles, I will say, because there are some who don't, yeah are really going to start or have started and are going to start taking off now so it's, it was almost a showcase as it were of talent mm. past and future I think with future past I know. Oh, oh well done sir oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I've written down here what do you think of the fact that this film was basically a reset button for everything um. Yeah, because there's now a whole new timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't know. We yeah. don't know what has happened until now. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, they had to kind of encompass all of these films, and, and so you're dealing with lots of different directors. You're dealing with lots of different writers. Yeah. So you, you can't tidily just group everything together. No. You know, <laughs> and, and have everyone enjoy it. So I think this. I'm okay with this. Uh, all right. I think this is a logical step 
to have a reset button. Yeah. It allows me to enjoy the films that will come. Yeah. Uh, should be fun. Do yeah. You, do you know... I'm assuming you can guess based on the mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the next film is going to be based around? Or based Apocalypse. On? Apocalypse, exactly. Yes. <laughs> now, now, did you know that he was Apocalypse before looking into it at all? Or did no, you... I had to okay. look into it. <laughs> right. I, I didn't know too much about the character. I just knew that he was Apocalypse entirely based on the fact that there were four horsemen in the shots. Well, then, that's, yeah. Like, the fact that there were four horsemen yeah. made, made the click for me in my head. Okay, this is clearly Apocalypse. I need mm-hmm. to look up this guy. Yeah. Now, this mutant Apocalypse, who, again, it's mid-credits scene. Well, end credits. So, I, yeah, mid-end credits scene then. Okay, um, so there's nothing after that. Yeah, no, no there, there was no end, mm. there was no end yeah. credit scene. And... The character is in ancient Egypt. Obviously, mm-hmm. at that point in time, it would have just been Egypt putting together the pyramid by himself. Yes. And the thing the people... It was are... not ancient aliens, people. <laughs> yes. It was ancient apocalypse. Mutants, <laughs> get it right, History yes. Channel. Um, now, he is seen as basically the original mutant. He was the first person to have had this mutant power manifest mm-hmm. in himself. Yeah. There are slightly differing thoughts on this, even within the comics, mm-hmm. but still, this guy is seen as the original. And the apocalypse that we're going to see moving forward will be the same apocalypse. It's, it is that guy. He yeah. has become immortal, kind of. And so, yeah, dealing with that. So, it'll be interesting to see. I get the feeling that Patrick Stewart's character filling Wolverine in on what's happened is going to basically be. This is what happened, followed by now we see this apocalypse mm-hmm. character, like, and that will be the film. Kind of like this film was bookended by future, and like future or something. Like, I, I think that's what the next one going to do. Either that, or it's just going to be, oh, apocalypse is turned up now, and now all these characters had to fight. Yeah. Like, which I don't think they do, as much as Marvel is willing to just kind of throw together a film with you know, a talking raccoon a cheese <laughs> or some stuff I don't think that with this franchise they're no, going to no, take no, that no. big a leap no 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 this, yeah, they have to handle this a little more tenderly <laughs> the only other thing I had written down was did you enjoy the Star Trek nod there <laughs> yeah I did yeah on the screen yeah, yeah. I did I, I, I think it was a little too on the nose but I did enjoy it right yeah <laughs> I'm not even really a Star Trek fan neither I, am I I appreciate yeah. some of the stuff and just seeing that I was like Okay, that was nice. <laughs> a nice little jab at what you're doing to yourself. Yeah, I did enjoy that. <laughs> uh, mm. um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else written down. What about mm. what about you? I know I did, and now I've <laughs> lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's gone off. <laughs> it's gone off, yes. <laughs> Stall for me, will you, Paul? <laughs> Not uh, a problem, sir. Um, well, mm. I was going to go through this and wonder if maybe with the reset mm-hmm. they're going to change Rogue's powers at all because the Rogue that most people enjoy mm-hmm. is the Rogue that has the ability to fly mm-hmm. and Rogue in the comics was able to over time develop her power so that she can slightly turn it down Mm-hmm. It's still always active, but she has the ability to... If she gets someone's consent, then 
they don't have as bad a reaction and she seemed to get more powerful from it plus if she doesn't get their consent or if she wants to she can cause them pain so you know, obviously against the bad guy she can use that so it'll be interesting to see if they're willing to change rogue into the rogue that people know and yeah. really wanted rather than sucking which I think is a an interesting thing because it really was just kind of a, oh woe is me I can't touch someone mm. whereas in True Blood it's oh woe is me all these people want me like it's, they're yeah. kind of very just sort of, oh no oh annoying and of course played by the same person so I thought I'd have a little jibe at that ah gotcha <laughs> alright uh, I did recall what I was um, aha yes uh, so when the epilogue of the film mm-hmm. um Wolverine wakes up in the institute or the school for gifted children or whatever they call that place again. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Xavier School for Gifted for children. children. Yes, uh, he wakes up there, and, you know, and then he goes into uh, Charles's office, mm-hmm. and Charles is in his little hover chair, and um, Charles immediately recognizes that this is not the same Wolverine. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. Or, you know... Yeah, Wolverine... Says, uh, welcome back, or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, because uh, Xavier says, shouldn't you be in your class? Oh, yeah, what do I teach? History? That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like, uh, why? So, like, so yeah. at that point, I mean, well, they don't say it. Did, did Xavier look into his mind to mm. realize he's lived another I I don't life? think so. I think what's happened is that the fact that... Yeah, because he wouldn't. He doesn't just poke into people's minds unless mm-hmm. he had a real reason to. Yeah. So he's not going to suspect that this is a different Wolverine. However, mm-hmm. the fact that Wolverine states that I'm a little fuzzy on everything that happened from '73 mm-hmm. to now, uh, he he realizes, ah, this is that Wolverine now. <laughs> so, but yeah. how does he have an idea what that means? What is seventy? You know, what, he, why is that important to him? '73, well, or why it's, is it's because. You know, obviously back then he not only was visited by a Wolverine that says uh-huh. that he was sent from the future, yeah. but he saw the change earlier in the film of that Wolverine going away, yeah. the Wolverine from that time being there, and then Wolverine coming back again. So, you know, it's a different Wolverine, and so I'm sure over the years he's realized at some point this Wolverine is coming back. Yeah. Uh, it'll be whatever point in the future that we've changed, we're going to get that Wolverine returning. So, obviously, he could have, at, at that point, mm. then gone into his head and been like, oh, yeah, so that's what the timeline was. Yeah. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really didn't see that. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they run with it because you're going to have one character that has lived a totally different life to every other character in the films from now on. So, are they going to retcon again by having Xavier just shove the history into his head and make Mm -hmm. him forget? Or is he going to give him two separate timelines? Or are they just going to give him the basics so he can go, oh, okay, that's different, that's different, that's different. I'm not sure where they're going to run with this. Neither am I, yeah, (laughs) and I'm interested to see. uh, I will say I was happy to see uh, Jean Grey at the end. I did enjoy seeing Jean Grey. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the little, you know, nod to the love triangle yeah. at the end, you know, with Scott. And, now, I, you know, I wonder It was if, good to see you, Scott. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what are you at? <laughs> what's your... <laughs> it's not good to see me. What, what's, yeah. what's your deal? <laughs> so, 
Yeah. But they really should have thrown in the okay. Uh-huh. The ex- like they should have got them to do the exact okay mm. from the first film. Yeah. <laughs> the you're a dick. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should have had mm-hmm. that in just just to really make fans go wild. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, so I'm going to throw it to you then. What rating are you going to give this film? I would give this a minus two. Minus two. Okay. Minus two. Um, I, I, obviously, I know you're not a fan of time travel. Yeah, so that so. Uh, affects it slightly because yeah. things just get muddled and you just accept things as fact and then if you try to examine them then it just all falls apart yeah. and because there's as of yet, there's no time travel. So, <laughs> any premise on that is bullshit. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. I, I, I'm not... Can I'm you not... not gonna, can you concede that? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to bother going into a theoretical discussion on no, no, whether no. time travel could ever Theoretically, it's possible, exist. but has it happened? No. Well, technically, I guess uh, we don't know if it's happened. As far as we are aware, time it has travel not is not possible <laughs> yes. up to now. Yes. So, any premise based on that, you're just making up the fucking rules. Yes, so, yes, right. <laughs> so that is my inherent problem with it. <laughs> but, that being said, a vastly enjoyable film. I loved it from start to finish. Yeah. I will watch this again. Uh, it has reinvigorated me uh, slightly more so than Wolverine did in this franchise. Right. Uh, Wolverine, if you go back and listen to that, I definitely was excited about a good X-Men film again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first class being, I think, I don't think it got its due credits. I think it's a fantastic film. No, it was and a really good starting it, point. I, yeah. My and, and I think Origins <laughs> fell way short and uh, Last Stand fell even shorter. But um, I think this is just a great way to start things off again. And I love this movie. I think minus two is reasonable. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to be overly in love with it and say minus one or anything like that. No, yeah. But uh, I just just think the way this film was handled with the the storylines, from the 73 to the the present in the future, whatever it is, uh, just that juxtaposition, just loved it. James McAvoy and Wolverine made the film for me. Yeah. And, and Hugh Jackman, I guess, if I'm yeah. being consistent. Oh, for God's sake, he's Wolverine now. Yes, I know, but I used the actor for one. Yes, yes. Alright, so, now my biggest problem with doing the rating was that because I know so much about the law and what they've changed was trying to rip apart like, I know this is different, I don't know why they've done that, from the film as a body mm-hmm. of work. As a body of work, this film was really good there was not much to the actual film itself that I could knock and the story was good it did keep you interested Uh, as you said before not as much back and forth although I would argue that there wasn't that much happening in the future no to facilitate but I mean there could have been conversations had between Eric and Charles or you know because you have two titan actors yeah. that have been in the business for 60 years or whatever <laughs> and you could showcase them a little more well yeah I mean yeah. It, it would be interesting to see more from Magneto mm-hmm. talking to Xavier yeah. about maybe regrets that he's had in the past before this war so you could see maybe him feeling regrets about let's say the first film mm-hmm. or something like you know, yeah. so 
him realizing that that wasn't the way to go, especially given everything that's happened. So, yeah. yeah. I did love when they sh- shook hands at the end. Yeah. They, that, they, yeah that, was, that was something that needed to happen. They, yeah. they couldn't have got away with mm-hmm. without some sort of reconciliation gesture from, yeah. between the two. Mm-hmm. Especially, I'm still slightly sore on the fact that they haven't explained exactly what's going on with Xavier. He died, and his consciousness went into another body. Mm-hmm. They have not stated anything about how he appears to be back in his old body. Yes, uh, yeah. you're referring to the, la- the end scene <laughs> to, in Last to the Stand. the end scene of Last yeah. Stand, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They're taking Last Stand as having happened. Yes, He exactly. died, uh-huh. and... His consciousness is another body. The only thing I can think of is maybe he is, I think I've said before, projecting his own self over the body into everyone else's mind. Yeah. I mean, which he did multiple times for Raven in yeah, the film, I mean, you know. Yeah, he, he. I can see him doing that. It's just they never address it, period. Like, yeah. so, well, I'm willing to let that go. Yeah, I mean, and so am I to a point. I just mm-hmm. want something, even if it's just a writer has written down somewhere like this is what I feel has happened or something (laughs) yeah that that's me picking at something from a long time ago so so yeah so I'm going to say a minus 1.5 okay I would go to minus 1 even maybe a little bit further if you're just an X-Men fan of the films wanting to see this the minus 1.5 is because people from the comics uh, there's going to be things that have changed so there's some mm-hmm. characters that clearly the backstories have been totally rewritten yeah. you've got to take <clears> that <throat> into account mm-hmm. and then they're going to press more against the film it's like well I wanted this I wanted this I wanted this <laughs> so I think minus 1.5 as a whole really well acted film I can't think of any continuity errors I saw this time around no. mean, I won't find no. some more but yeah, it was a solid film, and I will recommend it to anyone that likes sci-fi. My mother-in-law has stated that simply from the title, she will not watch it <laughs> because she doesn't want to see a film that she has to think about. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Forbid you think about. Right. It. We, we were talking to her about we were going to go see the film. It's like, oh, what is it? And so it's the X-Men film. Now, see the title: Days of Future Past. There, I'm lost. I'm gone. No, that's it. Wow, okay. But you watch the other X-Men films. Yes, but the title. Okay. After the colon, it doesn't matter? I know. Yeah, oh my lord. All right. But anyway, uh, I, I think we should probably leave it there. I think yes. All right, well, I've been Paul. I've been Brian. See you guys. Bye.